Hello, hello. We're going to be ending Genesis with the last few chapters where Jacob dies and blesses his sons and we can finally put a conclusion to the entire book of Genesis that took us over the last few months. So I really want to thank you, Mark, for all the stuff that you've done and committed to this project, which I'm really still amazed that you're still going to commit on ongoing Bible reading. So I wanted to share this video, and I made a little certificate for you. It's my honorary kind of Nobel Prize version. So this is my certificate. It's kind of crude. All right. Wow. Look at that. But that's that's a business my program. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know Genesis was a business program. <laughs> I was trying to find the real certificate where I could give you one, like a Nobel Prize. But I guess they don't have oh, such well, things. Well, thank you. That's nice. And I got a uh, little video that I wanted to share. Oh, no. It's a celebration video. I don't know. It kind of mesmerizes me. So maybe it'll be fun. <laughs> So that was uh, my fun video. I couldn't find a party song, so that was the one I thought maybe all your cats would love if they watched it. Happy cat song. Yeah, cats are pretty funny. I guess YouTube wants you to do funny cat videos, but sometimes mm -hmm. I have scary cat videos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't do anything right in this world. You know what I mean? Maybe you just gotten haven't gotten just... used to making your cats perform for you, like all the ones the musicians are like now singing. Well, that was that was C using CGI. That one you just yeah. showed. That cat wasn't actually there. No. <laughs> Maybe I'd got to do more CGI. I don't know how to do that stuff though. That's the thing. It's too complex. I think I'm, I'm. Maybe I guess I'm like getting old. You know, it's like the technology is surpassing my comprehension. Oh, that has already happened a while back. Well, yeah, you play yeah. your guitar with your cats. And I play like acoustic guitar, and I don't even have fancy effects. You know, like mm. every the guitar, the electric guitar is more like a synthesizer these days. You know, it doesn't sound like a guitar anymore. It sounds more like a keyboard. And there's nothing real. There's nothing real. None of this is real. A fake it's world made up. It's avatar. It but is. Okay. It is. We live in spirit. Yeah. But for you know, for me, I enjoy uh, reading the Bible, and this is—it's almost kind of like Bible boot camp. You know, I feel like I'm in Bible boot camp these days. Yeah, um, which is good. I—I I mean, I really struggled reading the whole thing from beginning to end. One, mm -hmm. it's every time I read something, it gets fragmented unless I follow yeah. it linearly. Yeah, you know, I read the I read it three times, cover to cover, uh, a long time ago in the King James version, and I had trouble understanding any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, you know? right? Well, especially the King James, which is which is old. You know, it's um, I appreciate that version, but it was uh, you know, it's 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 old English or the certain label they use Elizabethan. Elizabethan uh, English or something. It's a, sure. it's a slightly it's kind of a different language. It's not modern English, you know. So it's uh, even when I used to read it, I had to watch other people 
figuring out what how they talked about it. You know, like so it took up yeah. thousands of hours listening to other people. Well, then, yeah, I used to watch videos and Bible teachers, and now I would probably disagree with almost all of those people I used to watch. Right. I have to do That's my own research. That's kind of what I learned too. I'm like, wait, yeah. they say half of it does not in the Bible. Oh, more than that. Yeah, most yeah. of them have, and because I think that's part of the reason they have videos is to promote yeah. alternative views on things. And so, so mainly, I, I don't really lo- watch a lot of Bible videos. I did watch one this morning. It was 20 minutes, and uh, didn't really um, didn't really help to be honest, that much. (laughs) Like I'm more of a reader. I get more out of reading books than I do from watching videos. Um, Which is a good thing because I don't know for what it is because I do have to read a lot, but for some reason, like it's easy for me to grasp the information, but then if I don't write it out myself, it gets lost somewhere. Um, all the artwork that I do and the prep and editing and all that is actually helping me try to remember the story. Now, what's the artwork you do? That's uh, that's pretty pretty amazing. Is that is what? How do you do that? AI. That's original. That's no. oh, really, well, that's is all original, it. but it's original through AI and me manipulating the art. So there are a few. It's, it's digital art. Do. Yeah, it's digital. Is that art. what you call it? Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I've never done that. I don't know what that is. See, I well, don't even know honestly, what that is. Honestly, if it wasn't for the AI, I couldn't complete those series. Well, be careful of the AI. It's going to uh, replace us all. That's fine. I already expect that. And it's going <laughs> to merge with our brains. So, But for now, since it's available and free, you know, let's do it. Because it's so much information to decipher. And even like I'm working on another book now to summarize all this as a way, another way for me to remember, but also kind of look at it thematically, what was the Bible doing in Genesis in every book? And I think that's going to be helpful for anyone who really needs kind of a breakdown. Without AI is, AI is like the new God, isn't it? It will be. <laughs> I think it is. We're going to bow down to that thing, but... You know, what do you do? It's like a, it's a calculator. So, you know, when they had the abacus or all the, when they were doing hand counting, it might have taken <laughs> them a while. They weren't going to do calculus on their hands. But as soon as the calculator developed, yeah, yeah, you know, they yeah. were able to use it as a tool to start doing complex math. So I yeah, can yeah. view the same thing right now. It's not really talking to me like a soul. It's really just doing very fast analysis where I can just mm. actually work with it to get what I need. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, technology. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I mean, it's kind of the next logical step of a computer, which I mean, to a certain extent, the computers have been doing this for a while, but uh, I mean, I've seen people use it. Yeah. They just, they like command it to do a certain thing and it'll, it'll do it. And, and it will oh. even like write song. I've seen people like uh, in videos, they, they say like, Write a song like the Beatles or something about uh, this topic, and then boom, it's and it rhymes and everything. Fast. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but it's not always accurate. So you do have to have your own intelligence to filter out what it's giving you. I okay. mean, it can write a okay. script in like two seconds, literally, like the whole movie script. If you like tell a movie it script, that. yeah. Well, movie yeah. scripts are pretty. The thing is, most things people do are kind of a formula anyway, right? right? Um, you know, we live a life of routine, you know, you get up, you eat, you go to work, 
everything we do is a we've done it before you know what i mean yeah. every day is exactly the same <laughs> as the 90s <laughs> snail song and then we get all to these a certain degree yeah but um i don't know so yeah so you can see how a computer could kind of uh, learn what we do and how we think and it's, it's all uh right now it's a blessing i mean it's going to be a curse eventually but Honestly, with all the things coming together just to do these series, it's a huge blessing. And I'm still in awe that this has actually happened, that we're now finished one book and we were able to do it consistently and pull it together with, you know, upload, editing and artwork, all of that to well, make it happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I used, to, I used to watch like years ago, five or more years ago, I used to watch these things called uh, Torah portions. Yeah. You know what those are? Yeah. But and I don't know how many, you know, it, it's a Jewish thing. You know, they broke it up into like five chapters each or something. And they would go through the first five books of the Bible every year. And then the next year they would just repeat the same thing. So every year they're going through the only those first five books. Yeah. Sometimes they would do cross references to other books as well. But I always thought, why don't they just keep going? And the whole point is to keep going because the story yeah, continued, yeah. you know? So Yeah, I, I, always, I always just thought, okay, they got to the end of the fifth book. Why don't you just go to the next book and yeah. just keep going through the Bible? That's what I wanted them to do. So I think that's kind of were what they we're Jewish? doing. Were they Jewish? No, no, they were the Torah roots guys. Oh, that's because, well, you know, they live Hebrew roots for the Torah. Hebrew, yeah, Hebrew that. roots, you know. Yeah. But you know, it was. I learned some things from that, you know. But they had a certain, uh, you know, they they had their old covenant glasses on, reading <laughs> through that lens, like yeah. we're all supposed to, you know. But they didn't sacrifice animals, so they weren't really doing the whole Torah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's the thing. They're always cherry pick what they want to. Even the laws, if you ask them, they're not hundred yeah. percent. It's really all about the heart anyway. It's all yeah. about the heart, but they make it all about the other, you know, the food you eat and all this stuff, you know. Um, I think yeah, you they have good that. intentions. And also it's based on a false uh, dilemma of they, they take like the most liberal Christian views of, oh, we can sin all we want. Jesus, mm. you know, forgives us. You know, th there are Christians who think that, but that's not yeah. mainstream Christian theology. You know what I mean? But that's so what the new churches tell us. Yeah, it's a straw man argument, though. They'll take, like, the worst aspect of Christian uh, misunderstanding and say, this is mainstream Christianity, or this is this is real Christian, this is what the New Testament teaches or something, and they'll, you know, it's a straw man argument, and then they'll tear that down, but that's not the real argument. So There's a lot of misunderstanding out there. I why the heck are there so many denominations and so much splintering off from the Bible? What, how can anybody really understand anything when they're just everybody has their own denomination? Of I mean, that, that, that's a 2000 year question. You know, that's the uh, start of, you know, look at the Catholics. I mean, they had to break away from the Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> I blame it all on the Catholics. No, just well, I mean, why isn't the Bible enough? I guess that's my question. Why is it not enough just to write well, the Catholics? The Catholics believe the church has authority over the Bible yeah, and the Pope. So the Protestants came in and said, no, we're gonna, the Bible is the authority. And then they started reading the Bible. And, uh, you know, the Protestants uh, did a lot of things right, I think. They, 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 they did pretty good overall. But then there's uh, different Protestant denominations based on different, you know, because the Bible's not 
it's not always clear. It was, you know, written in different languages a long time ago. And a lot of them are, the New Testament especially, a lot of it is letters or eyewitness testimony, um, you know, letters. And we're reading one side of the letter. We don't, we don't have both letters from both parties. You know, real letters written to real people in a certain context. So people disagree about baptism or whatever. They, they have little things they'll disagree about. That's what my point is. They cannot yeah. just accept what the Bible says. They either have to be... Well, no, they accept what it says, but they believe it says there's different, uh, they believe, one person says it believes this, and the other person says, or one person believes it says this, the other group thinks it says this. But only one can be right, you know, and then like people, I always get these questions, which church do I go to? And one actually, uh, who was going to get baptized, and it didn't happen, and the other thing was like, trying to find churches in her area that would do baptism. I was amazed that mm. most most of them don't do it anymore. And she could only find like one church. Uh, but now she has to wait until mid-October or end of October to get baptized. Rather than just being able to go get baptized. You know, the story of Ethiopian who heard the gospel. The eunuch. Yeah. He and was he, reading Isaiah. Right away, yeah. he got baptized. Yeah. But in our modern culture, it's now super difficult. I didn't realize that it was a I thing. I got baptized in the ocean by a friend of mine. I was telling yeah. him, hey, man, I'd, I'd like to get baptized. I don't know how to do it or where to go. Or he's like, hey, I can do it. He was, so a, form- he was a missionary. He was a former missionary. What's that? Yeah. Is it any Christian, man or woman or only man? Like, how do you determine who has that authority to baptize another person? Well, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my belief is tell. Should be any Christian should be able should to be do. someone with experience, someone who's done it before, yeah. someone who's knows what they're doing. You know, you can kind of tell if someone knows what they're doing or not. But um, is it really necessary if they even know all that stuff? Isn't it really like the eunuch that once he heard the gospel and ready to make that commitment, like just go? Yeah, but the other guy must have known something as well. You know, was that Peter yeah. who was the other guy? Um, no, I don't remember. I remember. Yeah, but Which uh, book it was, was it, even? it was somebody who was then he was then uh, like transported to a different place. That's in the book of Acts. Oh, um, yeah. but we, that's a yeah. I mean, that's a, these are different topics. Um, we can talk about this more in depth. Uh, I will be taking a church history class soon. <laughs> in which oh, case, I'll <laughs> I'll have more. Uh, that's one thing I don't know a whole lot about because I didn't really go to church for a long time. Yeah. And uh, never really, I was more interested in the Bible itself. Right. And, um, but there is, there is kind of an interesting history with the churches and stuff. And a lot of it, a lot of it correlates to their different interpretations and different understandings. Well, I would like to know what the original church was like and how did Christians gather and what was it? Well, that's, they talk about that in the Bible in the New Testament. But, but here's the thing is that, so there's the Bible, like what we're doing is largely exegesis. We're reading the Bible trying to understand what it said in its own context yeah. to the, you know, the writers and the original audience. And then the next stage is you kind of try to, what does it mean for us today? And those yeah. are kind of two different uh, schools of thought really, or two different uh, skill sets, two different things that one is called biblical theology, which is kind of what we're, we're doing. And then the other is called systematic theology, which is like, okay, this is what we believe about this topic, you know? What about abortion? What about uh, medicine? What about uh, baptism? 
what about eternal damnation? You know, the, and then you take a topic and then you try to go figure out what the Bible says about it. And you're yeah. going to find 10 verses. There's 10 verses. For example, one topic I still haven't even decided on is uh, eternal uh, punishment. You know what I mean? The hell. Is it is it annihilation or is it eternal torment? So you find like there's like 10, uh, 10 or 20 yeah. verses about that topic. That is really one of the most difficult topics, I think, because uh, I haven't even I, I change my mind every every six months about that topic. And I may have I just have changed my mind last view. week. What's that? I have a preliminary view on it. What's your I'm not view? Saying it's anything accurate, but okay. So the hell was uh, Bible talked about was made for Satan and the rebel, the immortal beings that rebelled against God because mm. they're already immortal. Their punish was immortal. Versus yeah. immortal people like us, the way the book describes it, a second death and the lake of fire. It's. I don't see that as eternal. I see that as final judgment. Those people are going to be wiped out, thrown in the lake of fire. Second death means death. There's no. So that's an, that would be annihilationism, right? Yeah, for mortals. Exterminated. Yeah, yeah. yeah for immortals, yeah. eternal mortals, annihilation. And so there, I think there's a verse in Revelation that, like the rest of it, I can see annihilation pretty easily. There's like some verses in Revelation where it says, like, those who took the mark of the beast will be, you know, tormented forever. So, so yeah. are people change the mark of the beast changes people into immortal yeah. beings? Is that what happens? I think so, because mm. one of the promises that I think Satan's going to give everybody is his version of immortality. That's the whole thing where once you do it, you're no longer the human being that God created. I mm, the image of the beast. Yeah, the image of the beast will be some hybrid that it's going to connect with the beast, Satan, or and they're gonna have because there's another mm. verse that says uh they long to die but they could not die. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow, yeah, something yeah, would have happened that. to them in order for them to even long for it. I mean, after a hundred years, yeah. how many yeah. years do you have to go before you start longing for death? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because there's, um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, but you know, it's one of those topics. You know, like a topical study, you got to look at all the verses and look. And there's different ways to see them. You know, like eternal punishment could mean the punishment is eternal, not yeah. the torment. Right. Right. So that's annihilationism. But someone else will read that verse and say, oh, look, no, it means eternal torment. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it means eternal punishment. And that's what it says. But and they think it, they think it means eternal torment. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are verses that look like they're going to be tormented forever, like thirst forever. Those kind of passages. Yeah. But it's only talking about in various contexts of Satan and his minions immortal ones that are going to be tormented for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. See what we're doing now is systematic theology, but no matter what we say or how well we argue a position, there's going to be there's someone else who yeah. disagrees. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And they think they're right and we're wrong. And there you have a new, you have a new denomination because they don't want to go to church with you anymore. <laughs> but your is, if they don't agree, <laughs> which is fine, but just don't start another denomination. You know, well, that's but, what people do. You know, that's yeah, because we're human. So why right. do, why are there so many denominations? Maybe it's just part of human nature. It's part of yeah. our fallen. It's our it's our flesh. You know what I mean? We're not we're not all perfect. 
in the future, in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be only one denomination. Yeah. Because we'll be sitting right True. in front of God. We'll be there. There'll be no, yeah. <laughs> there won't be any denominations. It'll yeah, just no be, one's going to be arguing about so, what. A lot, all the problems we have now are temporary in our, uh, even the communion thing I was reading this morning, uh, the communion, you know, the yeah. uh, even that's a temporary uh, practice. Yeah, we won't need to do that in the uh, in the eternal kingdom of God because we'll be there with Him all the time. You know. <laughs> yeah, every aspect of life today is all based on sin. So all of those jobs will all end. There will be no more lawyers. There will be no more cops. Well, that's good. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no more, you know, medical professionals, dentistry, all those other stuff, because your body yeah. would heal, you would have a new body. There's no re and you're going to eat the fruit off the trees of the fruit of life. You're not going to need doctors and all these. So every job that you can think of, it's all based on earthly sins that we're just mm. like trying to keep up. But yeah. once all that's done, I think we're going to have brand new jobs that it's not even going to be imaginable and a life that is, we're not going to able to comprehend because we're not going to yeah. focus all our time on stuff that's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's really, that's really what the promises are to Abraham. Yeah. And he may not even have understood it. He may have thought, wow, descendants, kingdoms, you know, he may have been thinking in the earthly sense himself. I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah. we should probably finish. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's finish uh, Genesis, speaking of promised land. Yeah, okay. So, uh, all right. Well, that's uh, interesting. Who's uh, who's who's going to read right now? I think you should finish it. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Genesis 48. After these things, Joseph was told, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. That When Jacob was told, your son Joseph is coming to you, Israel strengthened himself and sat up in the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, or Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. Sounds familiar. We've heard that like 500 <laughs> times in, jo in Genesis. And I will make you into a multitude of people. And will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Yeah, that's it so right there. Is, that's this is the summary. And that's also talking about the eternal kingdom of God. Yeah, really is what it is, right? A multitude of people is a kingdom. A kingdom needs land and it needs people, right? Yeah. So, uh, so we have our king who is in heaven right now, reigning. The kingdom has begun. The millennial kingdom has begun. Oh no, another controversial issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will be a literal thousand years, but I'm sure we're probably not going to agree on that either. No, we're not going to agree on that. <laughs> we got to start a new denomination. <laughs> well, no, we don't start a new denomination. We just argue. <laughs> All right. Um, We'll give you this land to your descendants. See, there's, there's, go back up to verse four, please. Uh, yeah, right there. So there's a multitude of people and there's a land yep. for an everlasting possession. Now, is that talking about the, the modern, is that talking about the nation of Israel? Nope. You can't. Controversial issue. A lot of people disagree. <laughs> well, it's I an agree. everlasting possession. And we know that the earth will burn up. And a new yeah. heaven, a new earth will come up. So 
if you look at our literal earth as of today, it cannot be everlasting, right? Not in the uh, current state. Was uh, was 1948 significant when is was that is that when Israel became a nation, right? 1948, somewhere no, around there. No, all that stuff. I don't believe in any of that. I think was that a, was that a fulfillment of biblical of no, this prophecy? Was that because a lot of Christians, especially a lot of pastors, will say it was because they're dispensationalists. Well, yeah, they're worshiping Israel as if, like, it all all the promises already fulfilled, and they're just waiting for their Messiah. A lot of people thought uh, they they counted. What was the? uh, Did they count like forty years after that, or or seventy years? You know, yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But they're (laughs) saying that it's coming up. So there, a lot of them, the ones that in my last Christian gathering. They were bent on like 70 to 80 years max. So they already had a timeline when the 70 years would hit. So what's 70 after 90, 1948? Let me get the calculator out. So what was it? 1948, 1948 plus 70? Yeah. Plus 70 is 2018. Ah, so that's passed. So then they moved it up to... Well, it must be 80 80 years. years. (laughs) 2028. Yeah, so they, they're so must, that must be it then. Yeah, I think they're expecting. So that's why I don't I don't buy into any of that stuff at all because that timeline is sounds very similar to how King Charles with the twenty thirty agenda, right? Everything has to be concluded. What about the seventieth uh, year of Daniel? Do you know about that? So they they think there was like two thousand year gap. There was the sixty ninth week of Daniel, and then all of a sudden there's this gap. And now it's the 70, 70th week of Daniel. Well, when you do a gap, that means you can <laughs> never have a timeline, ever. Because that gap can be short, it could be long. You might as well just wait for an eternity when you close that gap. So, And that makes God look stupid, like he can't count, even though he's very specific with all the numbers that he's given in the Bible. So all of a sudden, yeah. he has like the memory gap. Yeah. So I don't buy into that either, but... I'm not saying I'm right, but it doesn't make sense to me. I think yeah, I got to treat yeah. God as an intelligent uh, God. Well, and- the, the dispensational view is that God had a plan for Israel, but then they rejected him. Yeah. So he, you know, so then he worked out his plan with the Gentiles, you know, in between. They'll get raptured out and then he'll go back. To, and then the Israelites uh, will will face the tribulation. But no. many of them, yeah, will they want them to time. face the tribulation and not the saints. Yeah, so we don't have to. We don't have to worry about the end. We don't have yeah. to notice the antichrist. We we won't even be here. It doesn't apply to us, right? Well, they're going to so be. Hurt. We don't have to beware of all the deception and all that. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I mean, right? what did we learn in just the last few years that it's possible for them to tyrannize all? who didn't go along with the plan. That means all the Christians, if they really believed what the Bible says is true, they would have you know, rejected the system and said, hey, I'm going to trust God. But it can't and, be the tribulation because we won't be here. We'll get raptured out first. So it can't yeah. be the tribulation. So well, we should just obey the government. Paul told us, Paul told us to obey the government at yeah, all times. What if they had started killing you know, now? They didn't, but what if they did? Then everybody would have been caught in it. And unaware of how to really protect our mind and hearts in following yeah, up. Yeah. See, what I'm trying to do these days is understand the views I don't agree with. 
understand where they're coming from because that's really what you want to be able to do and in it like in a you know like in college you learn this uh you got the real debater uh, i don't like debates really but a person who's good at debates can debate the the opposing side yeah they can and that's how you do it you what you do first is you learn how to explain and and uh, even defend your opponent's views even better than they can you know what i mean yeah, and that's and that's that's the thing i, I used to have my students do that and they, they it just blew their minds they just they're like why you disagree with and and debate that side you're gonna right. you're gonna defend the side of the view you don't agree with they're like what that makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> well that's the critical thinking is that's how you change exactly mind. yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to learn more about dispensationalism now, just so I can, you know, so I can better understand it. Ideally, I would just ignore it, like just throw it away, get rid of it, don't ever talk yeah. about it again. But it's kind of here, you know. We have to kind of deal with this. Yeah, uh, because a lot of a lot of Bible study is just unlearning all the exactly all the, uh, the 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 false doctrine we've been taught. Yeah, because I believe you know. them. I trusted a lot of those people because yeah. of the of God and I'm like, okay. And it just takes so Makes long sense. and it's so it's yeah. so annoying. It's like just just wipe the slate clean. You just wish you could just just wipe everyone's brain clean <laughs> and start fresh. It won't be hard for me because it's wiped every day. <laughs> but yeah, start, that's what we're doing now. We're just reading the Bible. Let's start fresh. Let's see what it says. Anyway, yep. so but but that's that's the thing is you come across a, like verse four there. If you take that literally, well, then it does look like Israel might be the fulfillment of this, right? Except this part, the last. This yeah, yeah. So the, there's kind of a it kind of goes beyond that right especially with the you know when you yeah especially when you get into the new testament and a lot of things jesus jesus talked about the kingdom it's all about the kingdom of god and which we finally see at the end of revelation you know but uh and even this is part uh, of this he has clarified over and over and over that it's uncountable the stars the sand the dust of the ground it's going to be something that no one is going to be able to number. Israel as a nation cannot hold all those people. It can barely hold <laughs> the people that they, you know, flew over there. Oh wait, so, wait, I thought it's only 144,000 people. Are you <laughs> you talking about descendants or who he's chosen? Those are different. Those I think those are God's <laughs> priest of some sort that God has chosen 12,000 from each of the tribes. And the descendants include all of us. They, you know, everyone who's a believer, those are all descendants of Abraham. That or, or maybe maybe the 12, 12, 12 times 12 times 1,000. You know, the number 1,000 quite often symbolizes the complete number, fullness of that number, not the actual number itself. So numbers can also be symbolic. Yeah, they are. Just I mean, FYI. He, he does yeah. use number symbols but then actual facts too it's just you have to kind of have context and what was he trying to say in in a in a dream vision yeah those i do a prophet yep you know at least maybe 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 well every time a dream is mentioned somebody's always interpreting it it's never like 100 percent 
as a yeah. like the fat cows and the skinny cows that we just read. Let's keep going here. Verse 5. Now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Now this is Jacob talking, is that right? Jacob said to Joseph. Said to Joseph. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> when you're reading the Bible, it's always important to know like who's talking. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, right, I don't know who's talking here, so let's go back. And it's the same. Jake, right there, verse 3, Jacob said to Joseph. So that's Jacob. Oh, okay. Uh, so your two sons, Jacob's, oh, Joseph's yeah, son. are mine. Right. Yeah. And Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Any, chi any children you have after them will be yours and will be called by the names of their brothers and their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way. When there was still some distance to get to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Oh, there's Bethlehem. You know, this phrase here was said before. Remember with Laban to Jacob? Every your kids who are was mine. born who was born in the land of Egypt? Who who are they talking about then? Um, isn't Jacob talking to Joseph saying, Now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, yeah. who were born in Egypt? Are mine. So this is Jacob yeah. saying to Joseph's sons yeah. belong to him. His grandchildren. Yeah. As his own sons, like Reuben and Simeon. But remember, Laban said the same thing to Jacob. All your children are mine. Ah, really? Okay. Okay. Well, we That's like thinking, oh, do they really belong to Laban? But I guess. What do they mean? Is it, are they saying this, you know, these are part of my bloodline? I think he also blesses. Uh, he does. These two kids here, right? Um, so, like, yeah, why is he blessing them? Remember, he's old because and blind. He's, he's about to die. He's yeah. the he's the patriarch, so he he has this kind of authority in, um, in the family things. to do these things. Yeah. yeah. So, as long as the highest patriarch is alive, that's the person who can bless mm. their descendants. Yeah, grandchildren, yeah. however many. Yeah. Love him. You know, you know, my, my, my wife's mother used to do that. She used to bless like, like on uh, holidays or something, we'd go to yeah. the mother's house and everyone would gather around very formal and it's kind of serious moment. And, and she would like bless everyone in the family. Yeah, that's great. Except yeah. in the Bible, it seems like only the patriarch get the bless. Well, the father died a while ago, so oh, yeah. but she's passed away now too as well. But, uh, you know. But that's a good thing to do. I mean, that, that was the biggest thing. My pet peeve is that the parents don't bless their children officially. They need to do that because this is kind of what is teaching us. With yeah, there, it almost seems like there's something like this is almost like a priestly kind of duty. Like yeah. A, you know, there's something special happening here that we don't do anymore. Right. And know? I think children are damaged when they don't get blessed because whatever they pronounce over their kids that can come to pass. It's almost like a prophecy over their children. If we just let the state raise the child, the children, the entertainment industry and the public well, school ruined. system, well, they, that, what, just just let the public school system and the entertainment industry and the video game industry raise the children. What could go wrong? Yeah. What's the harm in that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like nothing but a curse on their lives. Right? So imagine that no blessing will come to them. And they're just going to be soulless kids, adults. Well, that's too bad. I can imagine that. I, I think I, I see that uh, happening. All it's right. happening All right. Yeah.
Verse eight. <laughs> yeah. Not that these kids were any better, though. To be honest, these these twelve these children here of uh, of Jacob, they were a little bit. Uh, they were uh, juvenile delinquents, actually. Well, they all are. They did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things. Yeah, these kids are not that much better than they are now. You know what I mean? He just mentioned Reuben as Reuben and Simeon are his, but Reuben is the one that slept with his one of his wives. Yeah, they they're going to talk about that in this in these two oh. uh, these two or three chapters here. So, all right. So uh, then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, "Whose are these?" And Joseph said to his father, "These are my sons, whom God has given me in this place." And he said, "Please bring them to me, and I will bless them." Yeah. All right. So now the eyes of Israel, which is Jacob, were dim with age, so that he could not see. I think he could see a little bit, but not so well. Yeah. Um, so Joseph brought them near to him and he kissed them and, and embraced them israel said to joseph i never thought i would see your face but here god has also shown me your children so joseph took them from beside his knees and he bowed down with his face to the ground joseph took them both ephraim and his in his right hand towards israel's left hand and manasseh in his left hand towards israel's right hand and brought them near him israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, let them be called by my name, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now, notice how he used the word angel there. You know, he's talking about God, and then he also kind of, because the angel appeared to him. So that's, in his mind, that's kind of, God was, God is God, but also God manifest as an angel to him, as the angel of the Lord, you know, the angel of God. That but confuses people. That, all evil. Yeah, that's that's a little confusing, because we don't, these days, nobody talks about the angel of the Lord anymore, right? I guess because, you know, Jesus came and kind of more people focus well, on that. Well, now it's uh, the Holy Spirit's work. Yeah, yeah. The angel of the Lord doesn't really uh, show up anymore, I guess, um, you know. No, so, I guess there's no reason to anymore. So right? people read this and they're like, what are they talking about? God's not an angel, you know. Well, But there's the angel of the Lord is mentioned like 20 times or something. So Yeah. All right. So um, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. Uh -oh. it's, it's the same thing. It's always like God doesn't really, God almost like doesn't care who's the first firstborn is. Well, the firstborn right? does have rights, except in these stories with how Jacob ended up getting all the blessings over Esau. And he himself, I don't think he knew who was who. And he happened to pick the younger one. So it's kind of always making that point that the firstborn yeah. somehow gets skipped. And even Joseph was, seems to be like the favored. And he was like, what, number 11 or something? Yeah. Joseph. And, um, yeah. and Reuben slept with his father's wife. So he's kind of off the list. <laughs> <laughs> they so, all are in a way. Actually, you know, Joseph and Benjamin seemed like the righteous sons. And if you notice, the one that was unloved, Leah, her sons were doing wicked things. 
the loved wife, Rachel, those were also not only his favorite, even Benjamin was his favorite after Joseph, but they were also the most righteous that God used Joseph to carry on the rest of the story. Yeah. All right. So let's see what happens here. So verse 19, his father, his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He will also become a people and he will also be great, but truly his younger brother will be greater than he. Wow. And his descendants will become a multitude of nations. He blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, he, so he said, Ephraim, before Manasseh. Israel said to Joseph, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and return you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given you one portion more than your brothers, which I took out of the hand of the Amorites with my sword and my bow. Hmm. Um, now, what? Now that that is actually a bit confusing because um, what is he talking about there? When did he take? Uh, now that is that talking about the Shechem instant? That's that's a bit baffling um, because I don't think we're told exactly what that is. And what the Shechem is the, I think, I think they're talking about like, what's the land of their fathers? Did they, um, it's that place where Abraham is buried, I guess. Right. Yeah. The or is it Shechem? Or whatever, right. Yeah. Um, I think it's talking about Shechem, which, uh, which is that place they totally ransacked. You mean Dina's? Yeah. Except the land of the Amorites. Amorites were they Amorites? They, not really. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, when were we told about this? I don't think we were, we and were. Um, it's a bit uh, confusing. I, I've kind of read a little bit about this, and scholars are kind of like baffled by this. Actually, <laughs> maybe it'll yeah. come up an explanation later. But this is uh, prophetic. Or we're just not told. Maybe maybe there was some kind of battle there, but we were not told about it. Yeah. Or it's talking about something his uh, other people in his family or his ancestors ancestors did before. Sometimes they talk about themselves or their children, but they're talking about the whole uh, family. You know, part right here, my sword and my bow. That's the Ooh. white horse in Revelation. Oh wait, I don't know if he had a sword, but it looks. Well, like that's yeah, yeah. So uh, do you think there's a connection? Yeah. What's the what is so what does that mean then? Oh, right now. But well, I mean, sword and bow by military force, right? Yeah, con conquest. Conquest, yeah, yeah, by, by, by physical conquest, yeah. Right, and he took whatever portion that he took from conquest and gave it to his grandsons. Mm -hmm. It'll come up later. I just, I think if I could highlight, it would be nice to keep this portion handy. Oh. Maybe, can you highlight stuff? If you log in and start an account there, you probably can highlight stuff. A lot of these apps. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do that. Highlight stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Register. Yeah, just put your, you put your email in there and stuff, and the, you can probably highlight stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, my Bible and my that I use on my computer is... Uh, You're able to highlight? Highlights. Oh, yeah, I can do anything. <laughs> you should highlight it then we'll come back to it in your own bible all right let me where that i just i just did highlight it yeah in fact uh, in so fact i have a note what does my note say i don't know what that note means anyway sometimes you write notes and you're like you read it and you're like what is that even talking about <laughs> it seems like uh this should have had a footnote but they don't have one for up here yeah well That's they should have a footnote and say saying like we have no idea what he's talking about 
I think I think I think uh, I think he's talking about Shechem because I think the word Shechem is used in Hebrew and, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably. I mean, that's that's the one battle that we really heard about with this guy. Although he didn't really do it, his sons his sons did it, and his sons are going to be punished for that. Finally, yeah. and they did take all their possessions. So if that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's one of those things. Sometimes it's almost. Anyway, we're going to see. We're, I think. Pretty, I think in this chapter, we're going to see the those two sons get a little bit punished. Uh, That's good for what they did, but yet they did it right. It's, sometimes it's almost like a little gray area. Sometimes it's difficult to to mm -hmm. say uh, was it right or wrong. You talking about Dina's story? Me. That was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, what? what they did was, you know, they they and it, we're, it'll come up here. Let's. Yeah, yeah, let's just read it. All right. So it'll come up real quick here. Uh, Jacob called to his sons and said, gather yourselves together so that I may tell you what will befall you in the last days. Oh, look at that. Oh. A little prophecy going on here. Yeah. <laughs> or is it the days to come? Is Or is is he talking about just the future in general? Or is he talking? I mean, well, in what this will story, befall you? I think he's talking about their last days, but it's also prophetic for our last days. And the 12 tribes maybe as well. Yeah. Um, like the parallel story. You know, he's talking about Israel. As a eschaton is the Greek word, the eschaton, the last days. That's where we get eschatology. It's, yeah, I mean, it almost uh, does seem like a prophecy. It may, it may be somehow prophetic in the last, the last days, right? I and it may it also be in their lifetime like as well. Too. It's talking about the 12 tribes maybe. To a certain he degree. is talking to his sons Mainly. and his tribes, but there's always yeah. a duality going on in every yeah. yeah, like a typology and then a final yeah. complete fulfillment. That's pretty because interesting. It already um, gave us a clue right in the last, what we just highlighted, with the sword and the bow. Yeah. And then the yeah, next so, sentence is yeah. the last days, which is in the book of Revelation. So I think it will be perfect. Yeah, so you do kind of have, like when someone reads this, they have to kind of think about that. What what does the last days mean? And there's going to be different viewpoints on that. Usually it does mean the last days, you know what I mean? Like uh, For us reading it now, it is, I think it is meant for us. What it meant for them, yeah. it's a different story that already happened. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what he has to say here. So uh, gather yourselves together and hear sons of Jacob and listen to your father Israel. And just think about the uh, the original audience reading this would be thinking mainly about, you know, the the descendants of Abraham, the 12 tribes, the Israelites would think this is a prophecy for us. So yeah. for them, because that's what this whole thing is, the history of the Israelites, and this is their prophecy. Yeah. All right. So three, Reuben, you are, are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Unstable as water, you shall not excel. <laughs> Darn it. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. You went up to my couch. You slept <laughs> with my wife, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I shouldn't have done yeah. that. <laughs> what was I thinking? It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> well, it ends up as one of the mosaic laws. That thou shalt not lie with your father's wife. Yeah, it's kind of basic common sense, but sometimes you need these things written down. <laughs> <laughs> They're still doing it today. I guess, yeah, I guess so. Uh, all right, so uh, Simeon and Levi, 
Now, these are the two guys that ransacked uh, Shechem, right? Yeah. Our brothers. Mm-hmm. Weapons of violence are their sword. Let my soul not enter into their council. Let my glory not be united with their assembly. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their self-will, they hamstrung oxen. Mm. These guys are being uh, punished or uh, rebuked you know, for what they did. So what they did was not right because they did it out of anger. They, you know, when you go ransack a town and kill everyone, you can only do that if God tells you to do it. They took and their own revenge. Uh, but you know what? The other yeah, thing interesting yeah. here, towards the end times in a way, Reuben means if he had all his descendants to today, they're not going to excel. You know, that's kind of yeah, like first yeah. upon the entire line. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Simeon and Levi. Their curse is they're going to live by the sword and die by the. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's talking. Yeah, he's, he's. These are. These are all prophecies for their people yeah these people for these tribes well the levites we know became the priests but they were kind of more like the uh not the way we think of priests today they were more like the assistants they they did a lot of the labor involved in keeping taking care of the tabernacle and all that stuff uh they were kind of uh the 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 what do you call it the the labor and they weren't going to get an inheritance anyway they all had to get yeah tithings yeah, they didn't really get their own land. Yeah, and then Simeon, I'm not sure what happened uh, but with Simeon. This part here, they're cursed, if you read the seven here. Cause, um, so the, we're still talking about Simeon and Levi. Cursed be their anger for its fierce, and their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So those are the ones that are scattered all over the place, mm. these groups. Yeah, they're not going to be. Uh, they're not blessed. They're they're cursed. Yeah, they're also divided. Scattered. Yeah, they're yeah. scattered. Yeah. All right. I don't think I read that. Did I read that part? No. Seven. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. It will divide them in Jacob and Israel, and scatter them in Israel. Yeah. So um, I guess as we continue reading, we'll kind of see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, if, well, if they we already know the three tribes are kind of messed up. Yeah. Get the blessing. Yeah, they're basically not blessed. They're cursed, yeah. more or less. Uh, Judah, uh, your your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down before you. Okay, so now they're going to bow down. Remember, Joseph had the same thing, right? They will yeah. bow down before you. And Judah is the line of David and Jesus even, you know. So, uh, oh, it's more about Judah here. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches and lies down like a lion, and as a lion who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. So that's like kingship right there, right? Mm. The kingly lion. It's, it, they're telling you right there it's going to be a kingly lion. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him will be the obedience of the people. So this so that, is a prophecy. Yeah, kingship. Kings will come from Judah, basically, I think is what he's trying to say. Here. Yeah. Um, and and to him will be the obedience of the people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that did uh, play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tethers his foal to the vine and his colt to the choicest vine. He washes his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes. Um Maybe that just means he'll be uh, prosperous somehow. I'm yeah, not sure I think exactly. anyone or, who has a vineyard 
They usually yeah. prosperity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this also has another meaning too. Um, when their people are or the wicked are harvested in the very end days, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're squished like the grapes, the blood of grapes. Yeah, yeah. The same. The same. It's well. It's it, you know. There's a good chance. Uh, John in the book of Revelation used some of these uh, this terminology. Mm-hmm. You know, he like like on purpose he chose these words to right. write to write down because he, he saw the visions, but then he had to write it down and choose certain words, maybe divinely inspired words. Um, but they all draw upon the Old Testament somehow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, his eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun, okay, so I guess that's the that's finishes Judah right there. I guess so. Judah is not the blue-eyed people. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, if that's I mean, I don't know what that means. Uh, his eyes are darker than wine, which means they're like almost and, black. Unless he, uh, unless that's some kind of metaphor, I don't know. Um, Hmm. Doesn't say it's clear as ocean. But everyone, most people have white teeth. Yeah, some. <laughs> Did Jews have extremely white teeth? <laughs> I think so. I think they got like curly whites and dark eyes compared to. Well, I don't know. It's a clue that they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know? again, this is kind of prophetic, right? So prophetic. Uh, writing is is very difficult to figure out sometimes it, you know yeah. how literal is it how symbolic is it that's it's always a challenge so uh it's a good example all right so zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea ah so okay and he shall be a haven of ships his borders shall be at sidon the zidonians yeah so that's interesting too right there it's so the, these guys are going to be uh sailors yeah and there's yeah. a few of these try dan and maybe uh, some of these guys were like sailors, and these are probably the ones that spread out around mm-hmm. the world a little bit more, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh. And then uh, Isaacar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. He saw that a resting place was good and that the land was pleasant, and he bowed his shoulders to bear the burden and became a slave to forced labor. Yeah. So that. Isaacar. So, so he was kind of the worker. He was, uh, these guys were laborers, yeah. farmers, uh, became a slave to forced labor, I guess. Well, this actually yeah. could represent that they went towards the east, uh, where most of them work super hard for very little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. All right, so um, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the road, <laughs> a viper on the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider will fall backward. Uh-oh. What is that? <laughs> what is that talking about? I have no idea, but it doesn't that sound like what Satan is supposed to do as well, a serpent? Not really. I think that's just saying um, maybe he's going to be uh, he's going to be clever and uh, in in business almost like this is like yeah. like he's going to um, exploit people somehow. 
Um, These guys people are people in America now. Like like a serpent on the road. People are walking down the road, and here's Dan doing. You know, he's kind of being clever and um, attacking people. Yeah, I mean, it's not really uh, doesn't sound all that good or ethical mm -hmm. necessarily, but. Um, I so don't know. I don't do know if you take it as that. far as satan. I don't know if this is necessarily extremely evil. Not um, evil, but it has characteristics of like biting at the horse's heels. Uh, you know, like what Satan was like, he would bite the heels and then Christ will crush his head kind of thing. So he's kind of like a biter. But if you don't take that together, it could just mean like what you said, that he's very clever. He's bringing, able to bring down uh, military might, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even to like uh, tax people as they pass through his land or something, yeah. you know. Because um, we don't have horses yeah, today. So yeah, they're strong. They're, they're kind of strong, and they're fighters. Right, fighters, um, like military Like guys. the Vikings. They're right. the Vikings, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were. Um, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. Gad shall be attacked by raiding bands, but he shall raid at their heels. So then again, there's the heels and the raiders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be at war, it sounds like. So maybe Asher. they're all the warriors that go off that always want to create wars and go off to war. I'm, yeah. It sounds like they're in America right now, though. Hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, and these guys, um, I think we're on the uh, east side of the Jordan. Those guys, Gad. There, there. A lot of these, some of these things are like we'll find it later in the Bible. Um, yeah. Asher's food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal del delicacies. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and that's it. That's like one sentence for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bad at all. It's great, right? Sounds like they're royal people, right? Well, he's gonna. He's, no, it sounds like they're gonna. Well, yeah, food. The food. The yeah, food. they're gonna have a lot of good food. Basically, is what it's saying. Well, that's good. I wonder where they are because I like to go hang out with them. Then <laughs> Naphtali is a doe set loose. He gives beautiful words. There it is. Maybe a scholar or a poet or something. You know, maybe intellectual. the intellectual. Artist, uh, artists, artists. Uh, jo artists. Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a spring whose branches run over the wall. Hmm. The archers bitterly attacked him. They shot at him and hated him, but his bow remained firm. His arms were agile because of the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. The shepherd. Now, why did they capitalize that there? Well, I guess it could also be referring to Jesus in a way. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think that's pretty interesting. Well, Joseph was very, very significant person. He is the rock of Israel. Without him, none of the eleven brothers would have lived. That's a pretty important thing, right? And then God had blessed him from the very beginning to carry out the whole plan. So I, I think. In a way, Joseph was a typology of Jesus to be the shepherd. Yeah, and I, th I think maybe the shepherd is the, they're referring to God that way. Um, mm -hmm. And may maybe maybe it's a, a prophetic of Jesus as well. 
by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, right? So that's probably, that's talking about God because the, the shepherd, the rock of Israel, probably also talking about God there, Yahweh. Like as far as, because they didn't really know Jesus yet, right? So in his mind, he's talking about Yahweh, but maybe it does point to Jesus as well somehow. Well, in my mind, they're all the same. God, yeah. Yahweh, and Jesus. So and they yeah. could be interchangeable, referring to yeah. himself until Jesus comes. And yeah. then he becomes a shepherd. Because Jesus is called the shepherd, right? Yeah. And the rock and all these things. Um, yeah, exactly. Because of the God of your father who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you. So there's a lot of different, he's referring to God in many different ways here. With blessings from heaven above, blessings from the deep that lies beneath. <laughs> the the blessings of the breasts and the womb. Um, let me There's just something check something beneath? here. What's the, what's the blessings from the deep that lies beneath? What could that be? Uh, coming from God, I guess. So there is something more going on down there. Well, he's just saying blessings from heaven above, blessings from the deep. Kind of blessings from all over the place, I think, is really what he's talking about in context. Um, but there's an abyss, and, uh, right? Because you from, said yeah, but the word abyss is not used in the Greek. Yeah, I'd have to do a word study on the Hebrew there a little bit more. That's maybe I'll highlight that and look at that. Yeah. Uh, I'll circle back. Blessings of the deep, but I, you know, the thing is in context. The heavens above, it's like the east to the west. You yeah. know that kind of thing. More south, Everywhere, yeah. yeah, all the blessings that exist in the entire world. That yeah. kind of thing. In this case, I think it's it's not so. Uh, blessings so, of your father have surpassed the blessings of my fathers up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They will be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was set apart from his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey, and at night, he divides the spoil. <laughs> so he's, okay. a, and, he's a warrior. Uh, yeah, and Benjamin was, they had a lot of problems later on and were kind of assimilated into Judah. It's interesting, yeah, it was Judah and Benjamin were in the south, mm -hmm. and all the other ten tribes were in the north, and they all kind of vanished. All right, 28, these are all the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them when he blessed them. He blessed them each with the blessing appropriate to him. All right, the death of Jacob. Blessed all the brothers, but not Dina. How come he didn't bless Dina? Does she not get one? Maybe she ran off with the uh, Canaanites. No, her story is so sad. I look, tried what to. What happened to her? Yeah, where's uh, there's no well, that's a, her. Remember when the in this is chapter thirty four we're talking about when 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 they went into that land she was there. Yeah, they rescued. I don't know if she was kidnapped or if she was choosing to be there with that guy, but. Uh, that's the thing is they they went into that you know to invade that that city and she was there. Yeah, but they, why was she? Her there? story never concluded if she got married or what happened to her. And mm. apparently, the daughters don't get blessed. I don't think we see that, do we? We no. I don't know if we ever see that in the Bible. Daughters getting blessed is more of a patriarchal thing, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Because there, because the I guess the theory is the daughters would end up marrying some guy who was blessed by yeah, that's his the theory father. People use, but I they think just talked about the blessed. breasts in the womb, which are things that women have. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that is their blessing if they're able to have a family with the husband, one husband, right? Blessings of the breasts. So the women are a blessing to the men. She is a she. She will bless a man herself just by being his wife. All right. So verse twenty nine, 
Then he charged them and said to them, I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought along with the field from Ephron the Hittite as a burial place. They buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife, there. They buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife, there. And I buried Leah there. The field and the cave that is there were purchased from the children of Heth. When Jacob finished instructing his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Wow. Gathered to his people is a phrase you see it quite, of, quite often uh, when they die. They're gathered to their people. Wow, that's interesting. So Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Does that mean his people in heaven... Like literally, his people. Well, or I mean, everyone. I think they. Well, I mean, literally, he went to the cave with his people, right? Yeah. He went to that cave, but I think they kind of use it also when people are not literally buried next to the other people. And uh, I think everyone went to Sheol, especially back then. And but there was maybe kind of a more pleasant part of Sheol and a an unpleasant part of Sheol, the the Hades, which is Hades in Greek. I don't think they were. I don't think they went to heaven. No, that's not hell, though. That's not hell. Hell is really a future. No one's in hell right now. Whatever this place would be. um, Sheol. They went to Sheol. Of Lazarus. Remember him? Yeah. Um, And when he (laughs) died, wasn't there like a separation between the guy who was tormented and the guy who was with Abraham's bosom? They couldn't talk to each other. Or tell anyone else about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. So there seems to be of, uh, yeah. And I, th- I think they used. Uh, let's see. You know, they when Abraham died, they said the same exact thing. He was gathered to his people. Ishmael was mm-hmm. gathered to his people. Isaac gathered uh, gathered to his people. When he died, they used the same exact words. So they um, went to a good place wherever they were. Gathered to his people. Here's a uh, question now. So because they had so many descendants already, are they literally like all the dead ones gathering to people that they were familiar with? Or are they together with, let's say, all the believers in heaven? Are they? Well, I people? think people. I think people started going directly to heaven when they died uh, after Jesus came and, uh, and overcame Sheol, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I think Christians go to heaven when they die immediately, but, but the unbelievers go to Sheol. But back then, before Jesus, I'm, I'm I think um, it doesn't really explain it very well in the Old Testament, to be honest. And there's still some questions I have about that. But I think they went down to Sheol, everybody, and they're just kind of waiting there. And then maybe they all went up to heaven after Jesus, uh, the resurrection. Because Jesus That's apparently right. did go down to Sheol for a while, for three days, right? I don't remember that story, so I guess I'll have to wait. Yeah, well, he was three, you know, three days and three nights uh, between oh. his death and um, his resurrection. Hmm. And that's right. that's kind of the, the creed. Um, uh, that's, yeah, so that's another topic to look into because we have come across that. So and just that's something I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have an answer for that soon yeah. <laughs> someday when you get your yeah someday ideally i would uh i would have looked at that in more depth before we began but i didn't uh, notice that really i didn't think about that topic all right and so uh, i don't even remember any verses about shul either so 
Well, there's a lot. There's a yeah, lot of talk be. about Sheol, but there's not a lot of explanation. Exact, you know, a lot. Not a lot of detail. You know, just well, generally speaking. Circle back. Circle back again. Yep. Back girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, Genesis 50, yeah. last chapter of Genesis. Jacob, I was trying to get thirty uh, horns. You know, the ones you can blow. But I didn't know where to find them. So just pretend I'm blowing all these party favors. All right. Well, we're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. These are Egyptians, right? And they know how to yeah, do all this, this stuff. Yeah, this is brought up the first time, this whole practice of embalming the dead. Because before, weren't they just burying them in like graves or, you know, dirt or whatever, or caves? But this is the very first time because mm-hmm. Joseph was an Egyptian at the very end. So he's just practicing what... Pretty much, yeah. He lived there a long time. Yeah. And they have to get him to out, uh, they have to move him over to this cave, which is pretty far away. So they don't want him to start rotting on the way over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's again, that shows the Egyptians. They they really had a lot of technology and, and, uh, and doctors. They, I don't, I'm not sure that anyone else was doing that, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, these guys were high tech. Uh, they were getting help from the aliens, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe that's why they're still revered and worshipped. All right, for 40 days were required for him, for such is the time required for those who are embalmed. Wow, it takes 40 days to embalm somebody, I guess. Yeah, they're basically trying out all that stuff. But it's interesting is that 40-day thing that comes up a lot. Mm. came up with the flood. It's going to come up with Jesus fasting for 40 days. Then the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. That's another number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then the uh, when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die. Bury me in my tomb, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father. Then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father as he has made you swear to do now notice this pharaoh here had no problem with joseph going out you know to do what he wanted to do but the pharaoh in the exodus doesn't let the israelites go worship their god yeah outside right that's one of the things they want to do is let us go out and worship our god it's like no you can't do that you're a bunch of slaves is is this the same pharaoh that hired him yeah yeah this one is yeah yeah. Then later on, we're told they there were the new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph. Oh, you know, in Exodus, that's one of the first things we're told. Um, they got a new Pharaoh and a bad Pharaoh. So the scum says, "Okay, yeah." And they didn't know they didn't know anything about the history of the Israelites. Had he known they, that, he would have realized that the Egyptians only existed because of Joseph. That's he true. Yeah, Joseph that. saved the Egyptians, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. See, the the Pharaoh later on forgot all about that. Yeah. Had no respect. All right. Joseph went up to bury his father, and all the servants of Pharaoh went up with him too, the elders of his household and all the elders of the land of Egypt. All the house of Joseph and his brothers and his father's household, they left only their little ones and their flocks and their herds and their herds in the land of Goshen. Both the chariots and horsemen also went up with him. 
It was a very great company. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they mourned with a great and very sorrowful lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. When the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning for the Egyptians. Therefore the place was called Abel Mizram, which is beyond the Jordan. So his sons did with him just as he had commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field as a burial site from Ephraim the Hittite. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt. He and his brothers all who went up to him with him to bury his father. Mm -hmm. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. And will certainly pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and said, We are your servants. So there, there is the fulfillment, right, of that yeah. original prophecy. They're bowing to him, and they're still troubled that Joseph might harm them or think that. Well, now that yeah, because now the father's dead, so uh, maybe now Joseph will take his vengeance, you know, without because he didn't want to upset his father, you know. Right. So that's what they're afraid of. Um, Joseph said to them, "Do not be afraid, for I am." For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many lives. Yeah, that's exactly what he said before to them, too, that it was God who brought it for good. Um, In a way, you could almost say that about the entire tribulation, the end times tribulation as well, right? To save many lives. Eternally. Eternal yeah. life. Like in the New Testament, when Jesus talks about life, he's talking about eternal life. Usually. Right. Satan intended to harm yeah. people, but God intended it for good in order to save them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could probably apply that to many different situations, yeah. I guess. But that's, uh, yeah, I mean, people are doing wicked. There's evil people trying to do evil things, trying to harm people. But maybe there's a, a purpose for it all, and God intends it for good. I mean, you can see this in the book of Exodus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pharaoh intended to harm the Israelites. He was trying to wipe them out. God, but God intended that for good. So he could, uh, you know, if it wasn't for all that evil, God wouldn't wouldn't have uh, been able to rescue them. Rescue them from what? Well, I think that's yeah. also going on now. Because what they yeah. were evil, God will use yeah. it for good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um yeah, totally. So, so so now do not fear. Do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. So we comforted them, them and spoke kindly to them. I almost feel like that's talking to us right now. Mm-hmm. Like, do not fear. Everyone's so afraid of the tribulation and everyone's trying to stop it from happening. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of these, uh, and I guess I was trying to do that as well. Not, not necessarily that I thought I could change anything or stop anything, but... <laughs> It's like, hey, everyone, wake up. Look at what's going on. we got to stop this. Is that what we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to stop the tribulation from happening? 
No, we can't stop anything from happening. All we can do is trust God during the time where all this changed. All of this changed overnight. Everybody had to make a choice, keep their job or lose their job, whatever. There was no information, even for believers. I didn't know if this was going to be it, right? I was preparing for it, that they could just walk in the door any moment and say, you didn't take it, so we Mm. will take you. (laughs) <laughs> I was always thinking that. Yeah, so, yeah. But God used that time for many blessings. Yeah. He had to do yeah, yeah. believe, and he did provide. Like what it says, yeah, it says yeah. right there, do not fear, I will provide for you and for your little ones, your family, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they meant it for evil, right? These guys yeah. who did this, but God meant it for good. So, I mean, I think this is, this is uh, I didn't, yeah, I think that's a good little verse there to keep in mind. These days. Highlighted in yellow or I mean it really feels yellow. like they're talking to us right now as well as back then. Yeah, I think so. It's cross generate that's why how I read it. I actually read all these Bible verses like it's talking to us. Yeah. Well it is. It is. We're we're story. yeah. Yeah. We're, I think all human beings are the the target yeah. audience for the Bible uh, throughout time. Uh the death of Joseph. Joseph stayed in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. So the lifespan is getting shorter and shorter each time. Yeah, still longer than we live today, most of us. Yeah, that's only now maybe 20 years shorter than him. Very interesting to me. Yeah, that's a pretty long time. Uh, Now, I wonder if the Egyptians lived that long. I yeah, know. I think that the time time span was getting shorter in Joseph's generation because Jacob was over one sixty something when he died. Yeah, because we're not told like how how long everybody lived back then. We're just told right. the main characters were told their age when they died. But was it normal? Like, did everyone live that long back then, or were these guys exceptional well, in, in in that generation? Yeah. So, like in Adam and Eve, you know, everybody around that time. A thousand years. Mm-hmm. Noah, it got less around 900 years. Everybody around that time. Then each generation after that, it got shorter and shorter. So everybody around Joseph all would have been around that 100. So collectively, everybody was living around the same time. And nowadays, it seems to have stabilized like around 80 or so, right? Or yes. uh, 70, 78, the yeah, average. Like, like there's, yeah. yeah. 70 to 90 average. But here's my thought on that. So the technology has gotten very good in today, but the lifespan has gotten shorter and shorter. So if no technology is used, I actually think the lifespan will continue to get shorter, like in the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, because everything is decay and death. That's what happened with the Garden of Eden. Mm. Everybody got kicked out. So technology is actually is the only way to make them live mm. longer. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like like without that, we would have been dying. And I think people used to die like at 50, didn't they? Or Yeah. Like, I don't know, just a few hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. Right. Or, that actually is a clue because the medicine uh, technology got better right after that. Ah, so, uh, that makes sense. The pharmacia. Right. The old people today, uh, if they have any issue... The hospital saves them. If none of that existed, I would have died. Everybody that I know older, they would have died for sure. Mm. So our I life, died. yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's 
kind of allowing this to happen where we can live. Yeah. That technology is going to take over where they're going to long to die. Like it'll something trip it where they'll be able to figure out how to live 600 years, 800 years back to, you know, what they were. But it's going to cost them and they're going to regret it that they did it that way. And, and you think about how powerful the medical industry is. Like they realize the power they have. They're playing God. So they're, they're playing God. And now it's kind of, they're kind of becoming evil now, right? Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, we have, we, it's because of us that you guys are living so long. So, exactly. you know, we actually own you guys. And, and yeah. now we think we, maybe you shouldn't live so long anymore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if they're giving life, why not decide who gets to live yeah. and who gets to die? Yeah. It's not yeah. by our natural means anymore. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna uh, use that power for selfish reasons. For, yeah. For, all right. So uh, where are we at now? Uh, Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. Also, the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, "I'm about to die. God will surely come to you and bring you out of this land, to the land of which He swore to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob." So he said that to his brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, who is that who's talking to? Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died in the at the age of 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Well, that's wow. interesting. He didn't go off to his, the little cave. Yeah, I thought he Egypt. was supposed to go to the cave. He didn't get to go to the cave. Uh, maybe he didn't want to. I don't know. He didn't go. Um, no, I wonder if they've uh, found either the cave or this uh, Joseph. Uh, they found all, you know, they find all kinds of Egyptians in their in their coffins, yeah. right? Why not find uh, Joseph as well? They could because they probably put him in a very good place, and the Egyptians actually bury all their possessions with the dead. Whatever he had, they could probably figure out if it was Joseph or not. And this was like about three, this is like 15, I think this, when was this? Like, this is like 2000 BC-ish, somewhere around there, or 2800 BC, somewhere around there, I think. Uh, 2000. Yeah, word coffin? Yeah. yeah. What do you what think about of that? The word coffin? Yeah, I don't think there were coffins before Joseph Tomb. Died. Well, they, yeah, they had, uh, they had coffins? well, that's, a, that's the English word, Aron. I'm just reading a note here. It says uh, the word for coffin is Aron, the word used for the ark, chest of the covenant, sarcophagus. Well, I mean, those I, I mean, think resemble like they are today. But I wonder if that was a new practice. I don't think they were buried in coffins, Abraham and all those guys. I think they were just buried in the cave, like probably wrapped up in a cloth or something. Buried in the ground, just themselves, probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, the same way Jesus was, they were wrapped. Yeah, wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, wrapped and then buried. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Egyptians had the sarcophagus, which is, I guess, a kind of a coffin type thing, isn't it? And that's what is stuck today, where all the people are either buried, they're buried in their boxes, the coffins, which I don't bad? think that was ever intended. That's Egyptian. Uh, that's interesting. It could be a hygienic aspect uh, these days. Well, People are you know what they're doing now? They're taking the dead and liquefying them and putting them back into the ground as fertilizer. I don't think I like that either. Dead people? Dead people. Mm. I see dead people, or I should say I taste dead people because that's what it's going to be. What about cremation? 
I'm okay with that. The only thing I think what people say is that, you know, the resurrection of the dead language, their fear is that, that they yeah. don't get the resurrect if they're cremated. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, the thing is, the people who died uh, a long time ago, their bodies are totally gone, right? Oh, yeah, it's just bones, or if not even that, yeah. So, I mean, so how does that work? How does resurrection physically work? You know what I mean? There's That's a bit of a, uh, a topic to... Uh, well, I hope bother. it captures those that are cremated. But let's say that that doesn't count for some reason. I would imagine it's the same way as he made Adam and Eve, the dust of the ground. All their, whatever they went back to, it would be right in the ground. And God always talks about the ground, like crying out from the ground. The blood cries out from the ground. The dust is how Adam was made. And that's the man will go back as dust when they die. Something in the ground, I'm sure God can resurrect. I don't know how he does it for people that are burned. Well, there's, I mean, we're going to get new, but you know, yeah, we're, um, we, we're, we have a body of uh, material body, but then we get a, a spiritual body. So I think our body might be completely different. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it's not even going to be, it's not like, it's not like God's going to find all the little parts of our body, no, no, that, no. <laughs> you know, scattered around yeah. and then kind of put it all back together. <laughs> and I imagine he already has the blueprint for every human that is going to be with him. He doesn't need actual DNA or anything like that anymore. He has a blueprint. That blueprint will just, whatever, however he does it, with a new body. And it's our really our soul that's spiritless, that I mean, bodiless when we have to go somewhere. So like the demons, yeah. they're disembodied spirits, and they can only inhabit other humans. Because they're not with God, and they can't just sit there in the ground either. So they got to find a host. So I imagine our spirits have to go somewhere too, where God has us, and then gives us a new body. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited. We're finishing all of this. So thank you so much. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, Exodus because that's a really. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff. A lot of confusing stuff. And a lot of important stuff in there as well. So, uh, and it's yeah. kind of a typology. There's a lot of prophetic stuff as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I learned already so much that's still fresh that might actually help me figure out what's going on in Exodus. We'll wait like a week or two till my mind is rested. All right. Thank yeah. You. So let me know. Again. And I'll, Thank all right. you. Thank you. All right. Let's talk to you later. Yep. Yeah. Bye.